Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. I know in my walk, you know, it took me six years of praying. And I didn't want to go tell any doctor what my issues were because it was just mortifying. And then when I finally started doing all the diet change and all that, I finally asked the Lord, I'm like, why did you take so long to tell me? And he told me two things. One, self-control. Mm. Apparently, I lacked it. And I well, needed I to lacked learn self-control with the candy aisle at yeah. one time. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And two, he said, because now you know what it's like. You don't want to go back. Now that you feel so good, you look back, you're like, I don't want that. That's and my that's motivator. the way a believer is supposed to be, yeah. that when they get saved. For they real. Look, yeah, for real. They look back and they're like, I don't want that old life. I right? don't want it right. anymore. Yeah. So, okay, you've got the guy that's, that wants to eat the candy and what all. And you tell him, okay, you need to stop eating the candy. But he doesn't want to do that. Once he feels better, he's going to now have not just knowledge, but experience mm. that says, yes. I felt better. Because you said that, you said earlier in your career, you were in the lab. And you were doing the tests and all the kind of, you know, the study and all that. But then later you started working with people that said, I feel better now. Mm -hmm. Now you had experience coupled up to that training and that became wisdom. So powerful. Wisdom is knowledge applied. So, okay. So you start early and right now you're into this Christian walk. You're hearing knowledge that we're giving you about repenting. I've given you some Bible verses. I've given you some things to think about. Right now you're at the knowledge stage. I pray to God it gets you to the wisdom stage to where you get down the line to the point where like, you know what? This Bible stuff really works. I really do feel better spiritually. God really is now blessing my uh, life in a way I've never expected before. And now you're going to have experiences that become wisdom to the knowledge. And friends, we're trying to move you in that direction. I have Dr. Amber in here who is a believer. What we're trying to do is parallel her practice to a spiritual context so that y'all can understand that, you know, guys, the Christian walk is not just saying, thank you, Jesus, your Lord, abracadabra, I'm saved. And that's it. And you don't have to change anything. Yes, you do have to change because he will turn you into a completely new creation. You will not want the old stuff anymore. You're, I don't want to go back. Friends, I've got a bad past. I don't want to go back. And it's not just simply because I'm trying to be Mr. Goody Two-Shoes Christian pastor guy here. I literally don't ever want to go back to that again. I once weighed 70 pounds heavier than I am. I remember how that felt. I don't want to go back. But there's some people that just will not listen up front. And we're trying, friends, we're trying to encourage you. Listen to what we're telling you. We're telling you based on experience. We're based based on what we've seen other people go through in the fellowship of believers from God's word, from being studied to show ourselves approved. We're not just telling you what we think. You know, like you said, abracadabra, it's not, okay, I'm saved. And even if that was the case, even if you are a saved person, Christian, the joy of the Lord is the Christian's strength. 
Right. And, and it's so going to incline you, you to be You should be adorning yes. the gospel daily. Yes. Someone should yes. see you as salt and light. You, sh- you should yep. be so, like, you're, so that's, that experience, mm-hmm. even, if, even if you got there uh, by maybe training yourself just a little bit at a time, maybe you weren't quite into it at the beginning, but step by step, you grow and you're sanctified, big word, but... He, so impactful, right? Like, Sanctifies, you're being cleaned up. Yes. like Yes. And so you should continue to improve as you go on. No different right. than your dietary changes. You might feel great month one, but you should feel better even more right. month two, three, four as a believer, as right. someone on a health journey. And that that will bring you joy. That's, yes. That's almost your reward for obedience. Right. Proverbs seventeen twenty two. you just said it. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit drives the bones. You just said that. And Okay, so let me pose a question. Do you think that you could be saved and still have a broken spirit? Because I think that's true. Yes, Yes. absolutely. There's been many times Moses, he was like, Lord, just take me out of here. David's like, I'm done, man. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted because of that. And Scripture says the Lord is close to those who are brokenhearted. And I was thinking of our our walk, you know, how you've helped me like one month. I mean, I'm feeling great. And the next month, I'm like, what is wrong with me? And you're like, oh, because your body now is saying, hey, I need help over here. Yeah. And each month would be my body would scream a different area. Hey, can you help me now? And so sometimes that was so that was telling me that there was something else wrong. So sometimes when we do have a broken spirit or we are brokenhearted, that's just the body, the spiritual side saying, hey, I need some work over here. Yeah. And OK, so in practice for me, that's where accountability comes in. So I might meet patients where maybe they invest the time to go through the new patient exam. They tell, they tell me everything. Everything is green light go. It's a great visit. We set up a good plan. But next month, maybe there's a disconnect over, well, wait, but I thought this plan was going to work. Why do I have to come back? But you just outlined mm-hmm. your journey and yes. the accountability, no different than what you said at the yes. beginning, your daily consumption of the word. So if you're not using the tools and keep right. on it. Keep with it. Yes. And I, you were talking about skewed values. I would guess that would be fit in there, too, with boundaries and skewed values. That ties into me with unrepentance. So with um, what Pastor Ray was saying, repentance seems hard and it takes a humble heart. Mm-hmm. Not seems. Repentance is hard. Re- yeah. Dependent on the, the, the weight of what you need to confess. It can be simple. It yeah. can be very difficult. But if you have unrepented issues, it just it. It's guilt, it's shame that you carry around because it's still in there and your soul knows that like this shouldn't be here. Exactly. But what do you think people do when they have unrepentance, whether they know it or not? Coping mechanisms galore. And and, drinking, eating. Yes. And so a lot of I recently read something that said, isn't it kind of it was probably written more eloquently, but let me just say it the way that I'm kind of internalize it. Isn't it funny that the first sin was with your mouth? Oh, that's true. That is true. It was food. Yeah, (laughs) it was food. And so if I can see that there's also a huge emotional component to Mm -hmm. a health journey. So I'm just a lot of the times we have to unpack that, too. It's not you don't leave our office with a list of yeses and nos. Or if you do, there's there's really there's a deeper connection that a person needs to get to. And I'm so thankful to be in a clinic that is filled with believers because yes, that's great. I see spiritual healing taking yes. place. It's not just there's there's just not many bandages being passed out if you can 
accept that analogy. Spiritual yeah. healing can come along with, well, if you don't feel good and you're emotionally a wreck, you know, you're, yeah. you're an emotional wreck because you hurt, uh, it'll affect your spirit walk too. Yeah. And something we are kind of approaching here is from Matthew 3, verse 8, says to bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Right. Sticking to it. Okay. A lot of people have this idea, well, I repented one time. How come I don't feel better? Okay. Mm, uh, when, yeah. when, I, when I was put to my weight loss, okay, the first couple of weeks. Oh, God. Have mercy. Uh, yeah. See, Anna had to live through that uh, with me. It was not fun. I kept thinking of all these craving things that I never had cravings for, and I would think of pizza and whatever all. I want this stuff, but I stuck to it. I had to bear fruit by keeping with it, and I had to go through this for six months. It didn't just happen overnight. Six months. So, oh, yeah, good, Ray, you lost 70 pounds. I want to do that. Well, I've seen people get on this thing. They're they're on it, and they piddle around with it for two weeks. Oh, forget it. It's not working. They Mm. quit. Okay? You didn't stick with it. You have to stay with it. I'm talking next month and next month and next month and next month. You don't give up. Just stick to it. Bear fruit, which means you're going to be productive by keeping with repentance. You've got to have a discipline. Christians, we're trying to tell you, getting saved by Jesus is the greatest thing you'll ever do. Okay, great. Now, what follows that is you need to be a disciple. You need to have a discipline about yourself. You Mm -hmm. need to say, okay, God's word is telling me don't do this, but do that. You need to have enough of a discipline within your life to stick to it. Well, I repented when I was 16 in a, in a church camp. Okay, that may have been four decades ago. Good for you. You mm-hmm. repented one right. time. Right. How have you been doing ever since then? I have people come in all the time. They won't repent. But, oh, my God, I've got this big problem. Will you pray for me? And I'll pray for them and give them a little bit of guidance. Next thing you know, I see them on Facebook, the big tattletale of the Internet. Yeah. Yeah. They're right back to doing what was hurting them in the first place. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Okay, friends, we're trying to help you. We love you. We want to bless you. But you know you're doing things you shouldn't be doing. And you touched on this, and I bet you Dr. Amber can really attest to this. What about the relationship? Can people do this really by themselves? Or did God, because God created mm-hmm. relationship. He created people to be together. He didn't let Adam be alone. And when you were doing your your dietary walk and when you were helping me with my walk, I always had somebody to do it with me. Like one of my best friends, she she's like, I'll do this with you, Anna, you know, just to be with me. And then it turned out it helped her. In fact, when we did this last detox, she goes, I'm going to join y'all. And it wound up helping her so much. How many times have you seen that? Is it a really, can you really do it alone? Not really, because even if it's with you helping them, you can't do it alone. Right, right. And that's, you know what? Is it society that makes us feel like we have to do everything alone? Yes. That's the value conversation. There's a God-sized hole in your heart that makes you think, I have to work harder Uh to earn this. I can't accept your help because I should do it because of... And I mean, that's pride, like you said. We're all being separated from one another, feeling alone. Uh, Let me tell you something, kids. And I do, too. Kids, especially, they love to text. Text is designed to work between people who are not together. Right. You don't text somebody when you're sitting in the same room with them. Right. Okay. Kids love their texting. It is pushing them to isolate themselves. So is social media. It it is young. It's training our young people to isolate and the more isolated they get, they, they're going to end up feeling like they have to do this themselves. Yeah. And they feel like God's not there. They feel like they lose their purpose. And uh, friends, I want to tell you, if there's anything you hear today, at least hear this, you have purpose. You have great purpose. God made you 
with his purpose in mind. Don't feel alone. You need to get in the body of Christ. You need to get around other believers. Let them rub off on you. You rub off on them. They've got strengths you don't have. You have strengths they don't have. So good. Stop Mm -hmm. isolating yourself in this text and and social media world. Drop the phone. Go go down the street and go have lunch with your neighbor or something. Go spend time with people. You even kind of... There's there's so many benefits to um, YouTube and other social outlets, podcasts. Like, right. I, right. I'm so thankful that I live in a time where I can learn things. My like over the last year, my baking ability has dramatically improved because of YouTube. However, a person should watch their consumption, their time, and I think it's very tricky to our minds. Same as texting. So that's why I'm trying to trying to piggyback here that you are in community. Like you might even. I've heard people where they they kind of speak as if they know this particular YouTuber that they watch. Oh yes, and you don't yes. know. Like, them. You don't know them. Yeah, you, you don't, don't even know where they live. People yeah. come up it's to me all the time. It's a false relationship. A false relationship. And and people that's come scary. up to me all the time. They hear me on the radio all the time, and they think they know me. Yes. And they bump into me, and they hear my voice. Oh, you're you're Ray on Zed for Life, and then they go talking like I know who they are. I don't know you. And oh. some of that would be fine if it's a if it's wholesome, if it's edifying, if it's you know sharpening. Right. And but if we replace that number one with our relationship with Christ, and right. number two with yeah. real relationships in our lives, right. can't you just see how someone can stay stuck? And then it might even turn into stubbornness. Where like, what do you mean? I need accountability. I have accountability. Right. Uh, yes, and, and thank you for bringing that up because, friends, I want to say right now, I'm glad you're listening to this show. I'm glad you're hearing it. But this does not replace church. Okay. You need to be in a body of Christ. Don't say, well, I listen to Ray Jensen on Set for Life Radio in my car on the way to work. That's my church. This is not church. Mm. This is a podcast. We're trying to tell you to get involved, get be a, a disciple in the body of Christ among believers. Do not make this a replacement for what God ordered you in Hebrews 10 to assemble with believers. Don't Stop isolating yourself. Get in church, and it doesn't even have to be mine. Just go to one where they teach the Bible. Okay? Well, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, Dr. Amber gives me supplements because my body can't take it from food. But supplements aren't supposed to be forever, right? They're right. supposed to be. I mean, that's the su- definition yeah. of supplemental, supplements. right? Yeah. So it comes from supplemental. Yeah. So yeah. a podcast can be supplemental while you're waiting to go to church, but it doesn't replace church. We're trying to give you the real deal, guys. Yeah. As yeah. the same way that your health journey required lifestyle changes. Yes. You, you, yes. You went through a period of time where you radically changed what you were eating. And I would say at the same time, when most of our practice has uh, believers, I would like we can have really good Christ centered conversation. And I think we're bold enough to have them, even if we're unsure, because we're we're called to do that. Exactly. But within that, you can notice that your spiritual journey might be strengthened, too, because how much self-denial did you have to go through when you're like, oh, don't eat, don't eat the cake, Anna. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I mean. My self-control is is I didn't realize I didn't have as much. I thought I had self-control until the Lord pointed out. No, you didn't. Mm -hmm. And he took me on this journey to learn self-control. Well, the scale is going to be honest with you. Yes, you that's may true. think you have self <laughs> control, but that scale is going to tell you where you're really at. Yeah, and there's a passage about honest scales in the Bible because you know I I thought I was losing weight because I was feeling better. I'm drinking all the water. I must be losing weight. I got on the scale. I wasn't. I said, okay. Well, I guess that little handful of Fritos the other day kind of countered <laughs> some of that. But uh, the scale is going to be real with you, and right. the scale ain't going to lie. And it's not going to be concerned if your feelings are too hurt. Because there's a lot of things in the Bible that will, let me put it this way, it will hurt your feelings. 
Yeah. Now let me yeah. let me ask you a question, Doctor. Um, have you ever had somebody come in and you had to give them news that they didn't want to hear, or it was hard for you to deliver? But if you didn't tell them, you're not helping them. Oh, right. Mm -hmm, yes, and from the emotional side, it's almost always the hardest because I think that we're prideful. Yeah, and yeah. so I think yeah. that there's it's very so. Some people very nonchalantly would like to claim that um, they're they're okay. Like, oh, I know, I, I I really can't eat too much, but that's not for me. But the emotional side is very hard to get people to open up to sometimes because yeah. I they might not notice. Like, mm -hmm. they might not notice, and you know, just getting them to a point. Where the relationship is built, they and I want to be a safe place, a psychologically safe place right. where it's private and you're accepted, and I'm right. going to listen, and we're going to pray, and we're not going to let your emotions stand in the way of your healing. Yeah, I did notice right. that on your, well, y'all talked about that too. It's not just the body spiritual, but y'all also do a lot of uh, helping people with their emotions. I mm -hmm. did see that on y'all's website and I thought, well, that's interesting. I didn't realize at the time how much your emotions and your nutrition played together and that, you know, if you're bottling up inside, you can do all this other stuff. But if you don't, I guess where we're going with the word confession, if we don't confess it up. Like, I mean, how long did I go in pain? I never told you. Okay. And then once I told you, then we started doing a plan. And, and now and, um, you've changed a yeah. lot. Well, let, let me kind of throw a switch a little bit. We've talked about so far people coming in to see you that they know they have a problem. Right. What about the people that don't know they have a problem? And you've, let's say some doctor has put them through some examinations, x-rays, tests, whatever. And the person thinks they're fine and they don't feel like they have anything to confess. But the doctor says, we found something. Mm -hmm. And now this is, you may feel good now, but we found something and we have to tell you. What do you do? do you have to, do you say, well, let's just not tell them because no, I, gosh, I don't want no. so, Okay, so, so you have to tell them. Right, right, right. right, right. It's so lying untruthful. if you don't. Yeah, so you exactly. have to tell them. Okay. I want to put you on a scenario real quick that Paul wrote in Second Corinthians 7 verse 8. For even if I made you sorry with my letter, I do not regret it, though I did regret it. For I perceive that the same epistle made you sorry, though only for a while. Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. For you were made sorry in a godly manner that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. Okay. Paul had to say something to a church that was thought they were fine, but they weren't. They had something really, really wrong. And Paul's like, man, I, I've got to tell these people what they're doing is wrong. And he told them, he wrote them a letter, and he says, I, yeah, I, I made you really sorry with, your, with my letter. And I had to tell you because you had to know there was some kind of a – a cancer in your church. But then he he goes on to say, but but the sorrow made you repent. The sorrow made you turn around. And that's something not to regret because now you can be run off into salvation. Friends, what we're talking about here is there's a lot of people, they, they don't think there's anything wrong. They think they're fine. Life's going well. They got a good job. They're making lots of money, big house, cars, lots of kids, whatever. And you think everything's hunky-dory, but you have not given your life to Jesus. What we're trying to tell you is there's something wrong, and you just don't know it yet. And we have to tell you 
that we are all sinners and we should all be condemned for it. God's word says so in Romans. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means condemnation. But, but Ray, everything's fine. God's blessing me. God's blessing me. Uh, I'm here to tell you there's still something wrong. Mm. And I have to tell you, because if I don't tell you, that's wrong on my part. But Ray, I feel good. Okay. But friends, I'm here to tell you that Jesus has the answer. And you're thinking, but why do I need all this churchy stuff? If everything's going wonderful, because though you feel good now, you're not going to feel good later. It says in God's word, godly sorrow produces repentance. Maybe you haven't given your life to Jesus yet. I'm telling you, there's sin in your life and it's going to get you. It's going to get you. Like if you don't tell somebody about that thing we found in your health, if you don't tell them, it's going to get them. Mm. You have to tell them. So now that we've told you that sorrow Now, he says, godly sorrow produces repentance, which leads to salvation. Friends, we want you to be saved, and some of you are not ready to hear it. You don't think there's anything wrong, but we're trying to tell you there is something wrong. We pray that maybe you're starting to look at your life and saying, maybe that's what all this crazy stuff is. Maybe I really didn't give my life to the Lord, and I thought I did. We're here to tell you, even though what we're telling you makes you feel bad. Ray, you just called me a sinner. Yeah, I'm one too. Join the club. We're here to tell you that there's something in your life that needs to be fixed that you need to repent of. You need to stop doing this and start doing that. Even to be participatory, right? So, I mean, I think if we're going to go back to my clinical side of this, it's rare that I'm in a holistic setting being the one who has very big big news. But that doesn't mean I don't participate when someone comes in with that big news. Right. Nor would I want to, and I don't think you're saying this Either, but nor would I want to claim that because of unrepentance, they have this grave diagnosis because that may not be the same. Sure. But I do think that pride and habits can play into a particular situation where if if you could or we can just say illness or symptom that if you would want to if you if you choose to lay those down. So if you choose to lay down some of those things that are keeping you close sorry, far away from the Lord, it's, why is it so hard to see that that's, it's life-giving if we laid those down that you could participate more? Like, joy is not circumstantial, right? So I would say that when I'm giving, when things that become hard for me is definitely trying to teach people that I, I'm seeing, maybe through functional blood work or maybe through our accountability if I'm seeing them monthly that, you know, I don't, I don't know that we've, you want change, but you're, you're only following the plan 50%. Right. I'm sort of doing it, yeah. but not all the way. Well, I was also, I was thinking I was going back to, um, my sister-in-law and I had an interesting conversation. And I think one of the biggest hurdles was it's hard to admit you're broken mm-hmm. and that you needed to be repaired. I know I had a hard time. I'm like, Lord, why, you know, and finally, the Lord said, to, had to tell me, it's okay to be broken. It is. Because it is. now we can move now forward. Now we can really move forward. And I forward. had to help yeah. her understand, it's, oh, it's not wrong to be broken. Repentance and sin, that's wrong. I'm talking about broken in, in our nutritional way. We are broken, and we have to figure out what was broken and then work a plan to fix it. Thank 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.